Hey guys, so today on the podcast we have, man, oh, one of my oldest friends, Shane Told, lead singer of the band Silverstein. He also has his own podcast called Lead Singer Syndrome, which is amazing, and he's so good at everything he does, man. He's one of those guys that just kind of like sets out to do something, and he just kind of crushes it and just inspires everybody else around him so this conversation today is just super special to me it's very important and it's great that this is like the second episode of this thing and i'm so happy he was able to hop on board so early and to make time for us to do this so uh yeah hope you enjoy the episode so here you go shane told I remember when you didn't want to grow a beard. Well, I I didn't think I could, um, to be honest. I remember we did the the Never Shave Again tour. Yep. Where we all grew beards, and pretty much all of us except for Josh, we were all doing, like, it was pretty rough. Mm. And, um, yeah, after that, I was like, I don't think I got this. I don't think I got what it takes. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> uh, I guess, I don't know, just one day, let it go, and... Turned out okay. One day we hit puberty get... and we're able to grow beards. Yeah, that's what happened. Exactly. <laughs> in yeah, our exactly. in our late twenties, I think it was. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Maybe even my thirties for me. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So, dude, how the hell are you, man? Good, dude. I'm. I'm. I can't complain. You know, uh, it's been a weird year, but basically, I decided in March I'm just going to say yes to everything, and uh, I'm really busy. Tons of tons to do, and a lot of stuff that I think I would have originally kind of shied away from because i don't know oh i'm busy or like i don't know if this is really like you know my thing in my wheelhouse i won't do it now it's it's kind of like that jim carrey movie you know where he just says yeah yes man it was a little bit like that to where i'm like i don't know yeah i'll help you collaborate on this song for your like proposal song to your you know to your uh a girlfriend, you Whoa. know, to, to get married, like shit like that. Like I would never do that before. And so all that, all that kind of stuff has been actually really rewarding. So I feel like this year has brought a lot of our people down to earth really in a crazy way. Yeah. It's everybody's on the same level this year. I think in, in that sense to where the fans and the, you know, the bands and the crew, everybody that's involved in music from me and you to like, you know, Pearl Jam and Eddie Vedder, like we're yeah. all feeling this in some sort of way. Everything that we knew has kind of just been like, all right, it's it's taken away and you guys have to figure it out now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 90% of your income getting taken away will do that, right? I mean, people have to be thinking way outside the box and be a lot more creative and you're seeing things like Cameo, mm-hmm. which... When that came out, I was like, oh, that's so lame. Who's going to do that? Everyone's doing it, right? Like, that's a perfect example of, like, no one's too... If, if, if I mean, think of all the celebrities on there doing that. If they're not too cool to do that, then you shouldn't be too cool to do that, right? So, yeah, because they probably need it, too. Like, it's not like Cameo is... Like, Cameo used to be something where it was... Where I was wondering, like, where is this money going? Like, who am I giving this money to? And right. then now it's... Like, I, I got one, so for the Webster Hall guys, because, uh, you know, everybody's down, man. It's, it sucks, like, you know, and I, I talk to these people, and, you know, they're all just like, it's it's rough, man. So I got um, it's Jonesy from, uh, you know that show Letterkenny? Yeah. Yeah, I got Jonesy to do, like, a cameo for all the Webster Hall guys. And it was kind of funny because even in his cameo, I could see... He was thinking, yeah, wow, uh, this this year sucks. Because they were on tour. <laughs> they were on that huge Letterkenny Live tour when it got canceled. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy, man. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, I know, man. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's been a weird, weird year, but personally, I'm doing fine. Um, been spending a lot more time at home, getting a lot of shit done that I normally don't get to get done. Mm-hmm. And just sort of either falls by the wayside or piles up and... 
So being able to stay on top of things uh, around here has, has been has been really good too. I feel like that has been like for me that's been like the silver lining with all this because you know yeah. you know how it is, man. With me, uh, it's a little different because I would go you know from a Silverstein tour to a Gaslight tour or to a mm-hmm. who and whoever tour. It was my time off in between was so little, and. Um, now it's just not happening anymore and you know, i have more time to you know focus on the posters that are under my bed and the all the crap in my closets that and i've done that i've been like decluttering and like getting everything together and that's kind of where this whole idea came from and it yeah. was just you know because I, I talked to you at like the beginning of it and i had no idea i i don't even know what i told you in the beginning and then i came to you and I asked, hey, uh, can you do this podcast? And you were like, it's a podcast now? It's like, yeah, well, let's get on the phone and I'll talk about it. <laughs> let's get on the phone again and we'll talk about it. Yeah, I mean, that's fine, though. That's like the way sometimes things get processed. And I, I think it's really cool what you're doing. And sometimes it takes, you know, uh, the first pandemic in 100 years to uh, spark this kind of thing, right? And a little bit of reflection, a little bit of, you know, remembering some of the good times and they seem even a little bit more fun than they were right when you can't do them anymore it's it's kind of funny how that stuff works you're right man and that's that's exactly what it's been like because i've talked to dave haas like i I did him yesterday and it was it was hilarious we were just like howling at some of the stuff that happened (laughs) back in the day and it's you appreciate that stuff a lot more man i mean i'm telling you yeah we have so Abs- many. Absolutely. Yeah. We have me and you. Let's get into that because we have so many. I'm looking at all these laminates right here. I got <laughs> six laminates laid out right now. And we'll start with the first one. So I'd already been on tour with you guys for a few months at this point. And we were, you guys were going to Europe with Simple Plan. And I didn't really know how that worked. And, but <laughs> right away, you guys were like, yeah, you're coming with us too. What? I was like, I'm going, I'm going to Europe. Uh, what? How do I sell? How do you do anything there? What? Right. Is my phone going to work there? Is my sidekick going to work in Europe? It didn't. <laughs> Paul's was the only sidekick because I remember we all had to use his sidekick to log on to whatever Friendster oh, or MySpace. But it's these guys. If you can't see it, it's a simple plan yep. tour laminate. And I found yep. our little German uh, headlining shows laminate that we oh, had yeah. from uh, Marcus. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So let's talk about that tour. Because for me, that was my first time in Europe. We, I remember we landed in Amsterdam at like 9 a.m. I was all messed up from the jet lag. We got on the bus and I had no idea. I was, I was like, this isn't a tour bus. This is, what is this? <laughs> I, I, do we have the, the Nomad on that tour? The like mini bus with just like, I don't know, nine bunks or whatever in it? Yeah. I can't, I can't recall the vehicle we had. But I, I want to say it was the Nomad, the the one from Czech Republic. Yes, you're right. And, and the driver was maybe was it a Lesh? I don't remember his name, but he okay. was he was not possible. Remember that? <laughs> oh, oh no, no, that was a real bus we had. Not oh, possible. Yeah. Okay. Yes, and and the um the the really funny thing, and I know you're trying to keep it positive, uh-huh. but we hated this driver, man. He was the worst. We're keeping it one positive, time, but we're keeping it real. So go ahead. One time, I remember. We were in like stop and go traffic and the bus was literally moving and he got up while the bus is moving, got a Red Bull, opened it and sat back down. <laughs> like, uh, But then there was the, the incident too with that same guy that we call the smell phone incident where his phone, he inadvertently left it around and I won't say which member of the band, uh, did this it wasn't me uh took the phone put it down his pants in the back and just put it back on the table like just i don't know why that goes through your mind as a a thing to do to somebody but we hated the guy that much he was Uh, he was just not he was not he didn't make an attempt he did remember he used to smoke cigarettes down there yeah oh yeah and have his friends in there and just it it was. We were like, "Wait, is this our bus or your bus? What what's happening yeah, here?" <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, we're starting on a weird note, but yeah, no that that tour uh, was 
was our first big European tour. Mm-hmm. We had toured, um, this was 2006, mm-hmm. very beginning of the year. And I remember in 2005, we uh, late in the year, we had gone over to mainland Europe for the first time. It was like with Spitalfield and just done a few like really small shows. But this was like, okay, we're supporting Simple Plan who was, I mean, still are a massive band, but this was like, these shows were going to be big. And some of the shows we played, like I remember in Barcelona, we played like in this Olympic arena and, you know, Sweden was like a massive show too. And there were just all these randomly, you know, all the shows were sold out and some of them were like 5,000 people. And uh, yeah, it was, it was like crazy, a crazy tour and a lot of very young European fans coming out for that one. But that was crazy because we ended that tour. Um, now I'm looking at this. We ended that tour on February 10th, and then we started this tour, the Not Possible Tour, the Laminate. <laughs> oh, okay. Yep. We started this tour like 10 days later. <laughs> we called it the Not Possible Tour because of the driver? Yep. We turned that right. Laminate around quick. Yeah, we like yeah. made that happen. I think there was a shirt for it too. I don't know. The, and and I, I think if, it's, if, if my memory serves, and it doesn't always, sometimes I'm really good, and other times I just I hit a big, big, huge fog. But mm-hmm. I remember we played Toronto. I think we did two shows. You'll probably have it on Laminate. We did two shows like right away, right, at the Mod Club. Is we, that right? We, right after Europe? We did do that. I remember those. But this, this Laminate starts at St. Andrew's Hall on February 21st. Okay. So we played yes. it before that. So yeah, right. right. Yeah. And that 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 tour then that started on February 21st, we would have played I think that was a our first like as Silverstein, one of our first like real headline tours, like mm-hmm. for it was small but we did like House of Blues for the first time, headlining headlining, yep. which was like, you know, a big deal for us to be, you know, we played House of Blues supporting, but to headline the first one was like a pretty special uh moment for us right and that was yeah that was all at the beginning of of 2006 and i'm looking at all these venues man and we did some we did saint andrews uh we did metro in chicago too yep great venue and then we did house of blues in cleveland and then like irving plaza tla axis in boston remember that one old that that was pretty much that is the house of blues (laughs) yeah and yeah poughkeepsie the chance too that's where we ended Mm -hmm. and and uh also funny story related to my personal life once again Mm -hmm. that cleveland house of blues show was when i met my future at the time future now ex Mm -hmm. uh girlfriend uh nicole that you introduced me to and i think i said because you're yeah yeah you called it too (laughs) i was like um i was like my girl because it was my girlfriend at the time lauren and she was bringing her and i said to you specifically i was like okay dude uh so i was like this girl coming tonight, she's your type. Just don't be a dick. Don't be a douche because she's very sweet. And obviously you weren't and you guys had a relationship after that. Yeah. But it was funny because I did kind of call it. And then all of a sudden yep. it, she showed up somewhere that was separate without Lauren. And I was like, what are you? Oh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that whole thing was super funny. The The weird Silverstein that group of friends in in Michigan thing for for a couple of years, but yeah, uh, yeah, man, no, like so many good times and and good memories from from those days, and you know, it's funny you you said you're not bringing up the very first tour that you worked for us or the mm. very first day you worked for us, but <gasps> that's one of my favorite stories. Oh my god, please tell that I have and not even thought about that. Go. So we knew you a little bit because you'd worked for Hawthorne Heights. And we had, uh, you know, toured with them. So we needed a guy. We knew you were good. You were available. We picked you up. And our first tour that we had with you was in Canada. And it was, we were just doing a few shows in a, in a van. And this was with Protest the Hero was opening up when they were a really small, like still a local band pretty much. And our first show was in Ottawa, which is about five, five hours from Toronto. So you came up to Toronto, we get in the van, and as we're getting into Ottawa, we're probably an hour out, we get pulled over by the Ministry of Transportation. I didn't know you could get pulled over by the Ministry of Transportation, but we did, and they told us we had the wrong 
like license or the wrong plates and Paul was driving and he because the van was licensed wrong, he didn't have like a commercial license. They left us stranded on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Literally yep. left us there. Yep. We couldn't drive away <laughs> and some ladies stopped. <laughs> and keep in mind this is we've known you. We, we've known we've known you for a while, but like you've worked for us for like at this point, five hours. Yes, five this is hours. your first day. I slept for and three we, of those hours in the van too, so yes. <laughs> and we sent you off with the merch with some random lady that stopped uh, to the venue to set up the merch while we figured out what we were going to do with the van. And uh, yeah, it was it was pretty funny. Like, I don't know, Dan, just just go with her. Just go with the weird, strange lady and and it all worked out. But that's uh, that's a, always a funny story I remember. I mean, even in hindsight, talking about it and thinking about how insane just that, that was of just, yeah, uh, just go with this lady. She said she's going to take you and just, yeah, sure. Okay, go. Right. Yeah. At, no. the, well, at the time. We didn't have another option either. No. At the time, <laughs> I didn't even think about it. I was like, yeah, I'm, I, I got to get to the, sh- the venue and set up merch. That's, I have to get there and by any means necessary. Yeah. And then you got, I don't even remember how you guys ended up getting all the gear there and stuff. Uh, I don't recall. I feel like we rented a vehicle to get our trailer there. Like we rented a U-Haul truck with a trailer hitch or something. Mm -hmm. And then we were able to take our trailer, but we had to get our van towed Mm. to like the ministry. And then I ended up, we ended up being able to get new plates or whatever. Cause the van was in my mom's name or something too (laughs) yep you know it was it wasn't my mom's name yeah at the time so my mom had to call and then we had to get yeah it was a whole mess but but we didn't yeah we didn't miss any shows or anything like it got sorted relatively quickly and we we were on our way but yeah it was just a super funny random first day for you know eventful first day yeah and then look what it led to um but wait did uh did we ever get the van back on the tour, on that run, yeah, yeah, or- we, yeah, we, we, we did. The van got towed, like basically to the parking lot of the Ministry of Transportation. We couldn't get it done that day, and I feel like the next morning we went in with like whatever paperwork we had to do to get it changed from a commercial vehicle to like a passenger vehicle license. It was, it was completely stupid. It was like, it was literally just bureaucracy mm-hmm. paperwork, like. We didn't have to do anything to the van. We just had the wrong plates on it. It's it was somebody stupid. overly doing their job. <laughs> somebody really, yeah, yeah like, give me yeah. a break, but, man. Come but on. the guy, yeah, the Ministry of Transportation, I can still picture that motherfucker's face. Like, the guy had the most punchable face in the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. And I remember he kept saying, um, yeah, so the bus, uh, the bus, yep. uh, and you know, you don't have the right license to operate the bus. And our tour manager, Chris Bain, was like, it's not a bus! It's not a bus. Yeah, he was just making the situation better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, he did that a lot. Yeah, he made Uh, lots of situations better. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, I I like love like the the crew we had in those days. You know, yourself included, and and Chris Bame, tour manager, and everything. It was like we were like, sure, you guys were working for our band and stuff, but you know, we we never treated anybody like. Oh, the band members get this. The crew gets this. Like you're there. We're all in this together. We're all away from our friends and family, and we're all working hard. Like you know, it was kind of like everyone gets treated the same. Same rules go for everybody. Like, hey, you want to bring your girlfriend out? I don't care. You're not in the band. You want to see your girlfriend? You need it. Sure. You know, we we may always always um have made those kind of arrangements for our crew, and and I think that you know maybe that's why you worked for us for like a long time. <laughs> Hey everybody, Danny here. If you have a minute, be sure to check out stories.net to learn about how we are supporting members of the touring community with your help. That's stories.net. S-T-O-U-R-I-E-S dot net. Remember when I, when I had to quit? I didn't have to quit, but I quit to take a tour with... Uh, the almost and under oath. And it was just like a different <laughs> dude. Yeah. I, I remember. I remember that it was like so stressful for me. Cause I like, I talked to my mom about it. I was talking to like pretty much just my mom because I didn't want anybody else to know. But I, I was like, this is, this could be an opportunity. I don't know. Like, 
what should I do? And she was like, sure, I, I think you should do it, but you should write them like you should write all the guys an email. So I don't know where the email is, but I wrote you this long, like <laughs> storybook, just like, I'm so sorry. I have to try this. I have to do this. Like, please, like, I love you guys, whatever. And I gave you enough notice too. I gave you like ample time to find a replacement, but Oh, are you going to find the email right now? Is that I'm what looking you're doing? for it. Oh, no. I, the the late the late longest to go email <laughs> I have from you is from 2009. Um, yeah, that's uh, the oldest thing I have here. So it's probably a different email it was address. 2007. You still have the same. I think you still have the same email address that that which I is do. wild. But anyway, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, the the thing I remember about the about you leaving for the the under oath or the it was the almost tour. Mm-hmm was um well first of all by the way there's no hard feelings with that either like i understand you know band like we're we tour for a while then we got to go away write a record you know record like you know i understand i understand that crew people can't sit around at home waiting you know waiting around we're not putting anybody on retainer we don't have that kind of money so you know uh we, we were i was totally fine with it but i remember before you took that job you were like getting emotional about it. You were getting emotional about going out with someone else. And one night on tour in Europe, <laughs> something happened. And I don't know how, but you ended up on stage <laughs> with us, not at the merch table, on stage. And you were addressing the crowd, talking about, you ever heard of a little band called Under Oath? And then you did a mic swing. <laughs> And all I remember after that was some girl was heckling you and you were like, come on, girl, like, like, I'll take you out. I'll take you out on a date. We'll, we'll go to Burger King. You know, I'll buy you a country burger with cheese. And then she was, she was like, yeah, you should take, take me on an, on a, on a date to the gym. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. That was, uh, that I remember that well. Okay. So here's the thing. I wasn't being a shitty merch guy. The reason I was on stage was because we sold out of all our merch. Oh yeah, that's a, that's what it was. Exactly right. We sold out before had, the opening band played. Yeah, it was all yep. over. So, yeah, so we had no, we had no merch, and you were able to take a, a probably well deserved <laughs> night off, and actually you know hang out and watch some bands and and let loose a little bit. So, I let yeah, loose. that's that's what happened exactly. Yep. Yes, and I remember I was very emotional on that tour because you know. It was weird. I didn't want to like, you know, me and Neil had a night where we both were just like wasted and crying downstairs, drinking <laughs> red wine and whiskey, like a bunch of heathens. Yeah. But it was, yeah. I didn't really know how to process it because I think it was, I was young. I was 24 and like, you know, I'll, without talking about it, a lot had happened to us before that, you know, like we, have, we, mm-hmm. have, we have a, we have a history that, you know, we won't touch on, but we kind of went through something together that was yeah. life changing, I think. So just to have that kind of bond, like even to this day, man, like I still tell people, you guys are my best friends. Like, and we don't talk that much, obviously, but like the memories we have and like these stories are just, it's amazing how many old good emotions they bring up. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, absolutely. Like I know you spoke to Nick from Bayside and that's, you know, who who we're talking about, but you know, and, and just there were moments that I think early on in our, touring career altogether we sort of realized that there's there's more there's more to this than you know just just bands playing shows and mosh pits and whatever right and 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 shitty shitty haircuts and whatever right like there's so much more and there's and it and there's so much more and it means so much and you know it was just a beautiful thing that we we had and beautiful friendship and like for sure like all those guys you know whether it's like Ant and Nick and the whole and Jack and the whole Bayside crew, or or you, or like even somebody like we talked about, Chris Bame, who was mm-hmm. our tour manager at the time. Mm-hmm. Like uh, those guys are are my friends forever. You know, no matter what, no matter what happens, mm-hmm. no matter how old we get or or whatever, because we've lived through moments that none of us will forget together Mm. and we got each other through those moments exactly and that that's way bigger than again that's way bigger than any band or music or album or tour yeah and even even if we didn't know we were getting each other through it we were getting like i mean like i said i didn't know it at the time but now looking back as a 38 year old man i'm like all right like 
I was going through this and this is why I acted the way I acted. And, you know, this is the way I got drunk. And this is why I got drunk and went on the stage and swung a mic and <laughs> all yeah. this stuff. So, but it's also cool with our world because you can always come back to the bands that you kind of, that's, you can always just kind of weave around. And so with you guys, I've toured with you guys several times after I quit. <laughs> right. Yeah. So this tour, yeah. You, yeah. yeah. So this tour I want to bring up. Day to Remember, this is yes. the laminate. Day to yeah. Remember headlining tour with August That's Burns Red, Silverstein, yep. Enter Shikari, Vera, yep. and Go Radio. I remember that tour very well. I, I remember, like, I, I remember most tours. I was actually just talking about this um, on Twitch. You can plug my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Shane Told. But, um, so I'm on there always, you know, talking shit and telling stories. So you can, you can uh, follow me on there. But I was, you know, Mentioning how I can pretty much remember something about almost, I think, I think 100% of the shows we've played, I can remember them and I can remember something that happened, but that particular tour, I have such an incredible memory for. It was, it was a really, really crazy tour. You know, we, Data Remember was blowing up. Like this was right at the point where, uh, homesick had, had come out and it started to do its thing and they'd booked this show this tour and we were yeah we were third of five and and just like a year before we had headlined and data remember had opened for us so it was really kind of cool to meet to meet those guys and and um or meet to, to play with those guys and see them rising and then also meet august prince red who became some of our best friends but yeah we we brought like the the, the tour dream team except you couldn't do the first, I want to say, week, week and a half. I think it was actually and then, two weeks, yeah, but something like that. Yeah, and then we had, so we had Paul Mark doing merch for us mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, at the first, at the beginning of it, and then, and then, yeah, and you came on, but man, that was a, yeah, I was single on that one too, and that was yep. a, that was a party, party time tour. <sighs> yeah, I was, I was single, but, oh man, oh wow, I'm just remembering this. <laughs> Won't mention her name. Won't mention her name because, you know, obviously. But I had a little romance on the tour with um, you know who. Yeah, I know yeah, who. And that was, that was fun because, you know, it was just, I'd, ne uh, I'd never had that kind of thing before where it was, it was, you know, fun and flirty and it was, I saw her every day. So it was cool. I, I remember that too now that I'm thinking back. I remember Quinn was on the tour doing merch for Day to Remember. Yep. Like the merch squad was just, we were so tight every day. I remember that being one of the tightest merch crews I had toured with. Yeah. And yeah, it, it was, and Kip too, right? Kip, of so course. So you had Quinn, Kip. Yeah. And um, exactly. Mm -hmm. No, it was cool. I, I remember that was fun too, because we would get done playing early, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like third of five. And it was, it was early doors. Like doors were probably six, mm -hmm. first band at, at, or even five maybe yeah, sometimes so so we're done early so i'd come over and i'd bring you guys all beers at merch <laughs> and i'd come hang out and just sit there and uh yeah it was it was a good time man that was that was a that was a fun tour we hung so much on that tour man i remember like every day on that tour and this doesn't happen a lot too remember like for anybody listening like a lot of tours aren't like this where there's you know there was a lot of there's a lot of egos not a lot of egos but it's people are, this was one of the tours where everybody just was kind of united and it was every day. It was like all of us, that's it. We're one unit. And it was really, I remember feeling very, um, just very much like we were supposed to be there at that point in our lives, you know? Yeah. It was cool because a data remember had, had blown up like so fast and they were so big, but you know, it was it, it was at the point where just probably a year, year and a half ago, all the other bands would have been headlining over them, mm -hmm. like probably even Shikari. So it, it was like they were really respectful that we were able to kind of swallow our own egos and say, yeah, we'll support you guys because you guys are blowing up and and congratulations. So they were really like respectful of the fact that we were willing to do that. And then, and then I think we were just really happy to see their success. So there was no, there was nothing weird about it. And, you know, there was no weird separation between, 
uh, bands or like, oh, like you can't go here or no access here or like it was like whatever dressing rooms go nuts. It's cool. Uh, except for the fact that the tour manager for Data to Remember, who was like this random old guy they found, mm-hmm. he was he was a moron. But <laughs> he was a complete asshat. He did not know. He just he just kind of walked around all day and didn't really know what the fuck he was doing. I think that's the no, vibe I got. No, no, he he just walked around like overwhelmed at everything, <laughs> and uh, it was it was fine. I shouldn't talk shit on people, but no, it's okay. We're just, uh, we're- yeah, but no, that was yeah. I mean, that was a good tour. A lot of fun. And that was a crazy year for me in particular, as you know. We're going to get to that. But, um, yeah, that I remember that year was... So I'd been touring with all the bands in our scene and doing the Warp Tour crowd and stuff. And at the beginning of that year, I did a show. Uh, I worked like a show in Brooklyn at the Music Hall of Williamsburg, and it was a Modest Yahoo show. <laughs> and Kevin Devine opened. <laughs> yeah. and Which was weird in itself, Kevin Devine opening for Modest Yahoo. So weird. So weird. So there were, he's opening and his manager, I started talking to his manager and he goes, give me your email. Um, Manchester Orchestra is hiring. And at that point, I heard the name Manchester Orchestra and, you know, they were a buzz band at the time. I thought they were just going to be some hipster bullshit. Obviously they're not. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously they're some of my best friends now. But I didn't have anything else at the time. We weren't doing the Data Remember tour until like, one April or whatever. So I had time to fill. And that was the first time I was living on my own. I was subletting an apartment in Brooklyn, living with three girls who, you know, I'd never met. It was weird. It was a crazy time, but I was like, okay, I'll take the tour. No big deal. And I ended, it ended up like I was, I did their next tour. And then that's why I had to like fly in late to the day to remember tour. And then on the day to remember tour, I got hired by gaslight Anthem, which was an insane Uh, that we celebrated that pretty hard um and then i went right out with gaslight and i was gone the whole year and i just moved into this apartment actually this is my old bedroom in kenny's apartment oh crazy (laughs) my bed was right here pretty much um but i had come home and i was supposed to do a tour with you guys in uh november and it was a canadian tour with you guys and i think the devil wears prada was on it Yep, yep. Yep. And it was, so I was, I flew in from Europe right before Thanksgiving. And then I was supposed to fly to you guys on black Friday. It was like a two day thing. It was like, I had yep. two days at home and then I was going right on tour. And I remember being like, all right, cool. And the first night I was home, I fell asleep on my couch and like woke up at four in the morning flustered and just like, oh my God, like I didn't even get to sleep in my bed. And I, oh, and I just, you know, I just lost it. <laughs> and I, I was, it was one of those moments you know, it's like a know thyself moment where I didn't really have a lot of those at that point. I just kind of went, went, went. And this was a time where I was like, let me just think about this for a second. And I just was not well because it was just a crazy year, man. It was just so busy. And I just, it was all, all new for me. So I remember I bailed on you guys. I, yeah, I, it was, there was no bullshit. I just pretty much called Paul and was like, I can't do this tour and I can't do it. And that was it. And I felt awful, obviously, but yeah. What What do you remember about that? <laughs> <laughs> I remember you were you were like supposed to be dating a girl from Western Canada. Oh my! And God. you, we all thought that you bailed so that you like didn't have to see her. <laughs> really? Oh I, that, man! That's, that's that's like what I remember about it was like, and I won't I won't name names again, but I think you remember. Who who it was, and it was one of Josh's girlfriend's friends, and uh, we you were like weren't sure about the relationship or like you weren't sure you wanted to go through with it, and we were like, oh yeah, he he's just not doing the tour, so he doesn't have to go through because it was like a relatively short tour too. It was just us and Prada going through Canada. I mean, you didn't miss much. That that tour was pretty rough. We I don't know who routed it. Oh. We went we went like from one side of canada all the way to the other and back and the middle of the winter mm-hmm. or maybe not the middle of the winter it was like, it was like this was time of year december though. yeah yeah and uh so cold and the shows weren't, weren't very good really oh man but they weren't they weren't yeah, very good i don't remember hearing that we had a good time though. i mean we had a good time with prada i mean those those are still our boys and mm-hmm. uh rob dyer 
Skate for Cancer was on the tour, like promoting, and he was letting loose. And Ugh. yeah, we 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 got wild a few times on that tour. It was, uh, yeah, it was that was a good one. But yeah, I remember that about 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 you. And and I I think to be honest, like I didn't, I don't know if I reached out to you or said you, whatever. You did. But you know, I always I did. Yeah, everybody okay, did. Yeah, everybody I, was I, like, yo, what I, the I, fuck? I can't. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly, but I mean, I've always been for like with you. I I feel like I've always been like, hey, you do your thing, and it's cool, and no hard feelings, and mm-hmm. you know. And I I know maybe some like some other people in my band are are more like, what the fuck, like this guy's dead to me, and I'm like, give him a break, like you know, it's not easy what he does, and he's you know, yeah. So well, I remember yeah. it was funny because I was supposed to do another tour with you guys at the beginning of the next year, and Paul. He didn't, he kind of fired me, but not really. He was like, Hey, I think Dylan's going to do this tour. You can just stay home. And it was, oh, uh, yeah. it was a little snarky. It was like, you can just stay home and the, worry about the next gaslight tour. And I was like, Oh, right. I was like, oh, yeah. damn. Well, but you know what? I deserved it because, you know, now looking, looking at how I am now, I would never do that again. I would have kind of figured it out in my head and been like, okay, Danny, manage your time better. Just if you fall right. asleep on the couch, it's okay. It, who cares <laughs> right yeah no these 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 things happen and yeah i forgot that uh yeah gaslight gaslight stole you and then they stole joe amato too that's right that was yeah that was kind of yeah. my fault too we both yeah. couple silver couple silverstein crew members over with gaslight after that <sighs> yeah oh my gosh that's, that's okay. right but that's okay so this is kind of goes back to the theme of you can always go back so at that point i was like great these guys fucking hate me i fucked everything up but Fast forward to the summer of 2011, less than a year after that, uh, we're in Europe together, not on tour, but we're doing the same festivals. I'm with Gaslight, you guys are over there, and we ran into each other several times. Yeah. And actually, now that I'm telling you this, holy shit. So I think me and Paul had kind of been cool before that. We had kind of talked and it was was good because, you know, everybody can always go back. And... I remember, so we won't get too into this because this is somebody else's story, but you know this. Uh, I remember our Gaslight drummer, Benny, had to go home for yeah. his reasons, for personal reasons, for a couple days. And I remember it was Paul and Timmy Ho ended up playing, filling in on drums for a few songs for Gaslight, and somebody pretty cool ended up seeing that. Yeah. So I think I kind of redeemed myself with Paul. I think that was a full circle redemption <laughs> thing to where it's like, yeah, I bailed on you, but this dude just kind of got to see you uh, rock well, you, out. <laughs> I mean, we can't we can't leave the leave the people hanging on that story. Yeah, I'll right. tell it. Okay, I mean, I'll, I'll, I, we were it was it was the uh, Greenfield Festival in Switzerland, big festival, beautiful, beautiful, view. beautiful yep. festival, beautiful, but like a big one. It's probably fifty thousand people, and I, as I recall, Gaslight. Benny had to go home, funeral or something. Mm-hmm. They were going to play like acoustic, but the promoter said, like, we won't give you your full guarantee or something really weird. So they asked Paul and Tim. Well, they asked Paul. Mm-hmm. Paul didn't really know the songs like very well. Asked Tim if he would play half of them, our drum tech Tim. Mm-hmm. So they each ha- learned half the set and played. And the Foo Fighters were headlining the festival. So who wanders over to see Gaslight Anthem because he's a big fan, but Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawken too was with him. So they, Paul's there playing drums and like, I just can't imagine, first of all, to be in that situation, having to play in front of a huge crowd, songs you don't know how to play. Meanwhile, you look over and the drummer for Nirvana is watching you. (laughs) Oh, uh, so I remember we we like said to like we were laughing because you know Paul's looking over like I don't know these songs like what am I doing we're laughing and and I remember Dave saying what's going on like so we filled them in we said like yeah this isn't is that's not the drummer it's our drummer and he's filling in and Dave was like oh shit and it was like after that it was just it was just good time. Hey everybody, Danny again. Be sure to head on over to stories.net to find out how the items featured in this episode could be yours, while also supporting a great cause. That's stories.net, S-T-O-U-R-I-E-S dot net. 
that happened, and then we did we did like I think five more shows, five more festivals that summer, Reading and Leeds, and it or Download maybe I don't know. It was one of those three. Yeah, I think it was Download. But yeah. we had done that, so obviously like I had had the rapport again, and everything was cool. And actually, I remember you guys like kind of met about it in Europe, and we're like, should we take Danny <laughs> on this tour? Like I don't know, da 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 da, and. It was like, all right, we're doing this tour. And this, so this tour, this beautiful tour, it's um, holding up a laminate from August Burns Red, Silverstein, Texas in July, yeah. Let Live, and I Breather. And my name is Danny Del Fucknut on that because fucking Josh, <laughs> that dickhead, the tour manager, love him. Um, yeah. But I remember this was funny because... I had to I had to work out my passport before the tour, and I was just being Danny about it. I was being lazy, like because I had lost my passport, like a dumb fuck. And I I also had to renew my license, so I had to do two things before this tour that I was just like, oh shit. And your tour manager <laughs> Kevin Puig, he kept hitting yes. me up and be like, Danny, I need this. Daddy, I need this. Da-. And I'm I'm like, all right, okay, fine. And then Neil finally texted me and was like, hey man, everybody thinks you're gonna bail again. Can you just do this? <laughs> and for Neil to do that, I was like, okay. I was like, F-. so I went and got it done and just got everything. And then the tour happened. And dude, that was another fun tour because this was two months. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that tour pretty well, too. We did a lot of Canadian dates, I want to say, too. And it was, yeah, it was winter time again. Or, or what does it say? It, was it was it wintertime March? Maybe it was it was cold. It actually started on January 14th okay, in yeah. Starland in New Jersey. Yeah, there you go. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah I, yeah, I remember that tour pretty well. And that was kind of, you know, the second tour we, d- we did with August Prince Red when we became, you know, super, super close with them. And I remember Let Live, they were, I think they were opening the tour. They were second. I Breather opened. Oh, yeah, right. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I The Breather. And then there was another band, too, maybe... Texas in July was in the middle. They were in Wait, the middle of the line. Oh no, I think I know I think either breather I think Let Live did like half the tour and then either breather came on afterwards. Oh, you're right. So, so it was a four band bill. But I remember Let Live like opening up the shows and just like blowing everyone's minds. Like just so much energy, like crazy. Like and those guys were so much fun. Just had such a good vibe uh on that tour too. Man, I'm trying to remember any any tellable stories from uh, that one. I remember we had this guy who was working for us as an assistant TM. <gasps> the intern. Oh the intern. my Lord. Yes. <laughs> Dan reader. What a guy, by the way, still see him, him around. Actually, great. he was at our last show. We played on March 11th in North Carolina. Cause he lives there now. Wow. He came out, he gave me some Purell. <laughs> Actually, he like he like worked for a distribution distribution company that gave Purell. He's like he's like here, take these. You're gonna need them. And I was like, yes, oh, okay. Ma- and I did. Yeah. How did we know that? Yeah. But yeah, the intern was awesome, and we all gave him shit, you know, because that's what we do. And you know, it's. But he was great because he just he just didn't care. He worked, and you know, <laughs> we didn't take advantage of him. But I mean, there was definitely like one. I think it was one night. Oh, my girlfriend at the time flew in. And, uh, we were hanging in, uh, Texas and I was, and I think it was you or it was you or Paul that was just like, yeah, have, have the intern sell merch tonight and just come back for the out. And I was like, what? Really? <laughs> I was like, yes. I was like, that sounds like something I would say, but yeah, yeah not Paul, maybe I think it was you. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I just went and hung out with my girlfriend and came back, counted out. I was just like, all right guys, see you later. <laughs> and then, you know, Josh, I'm trying to think of some funny Josh moments on that tour. Oh, there's, there's always, always funny Josh. There's moments. always funny Josh moments. That, yeah, that we were in a bandwagon saying. though, and oh man, I had to sleep in the top bunk. That was like sleeping in a friggin', I don't know, like a morgue. <laughs> man, yeah, bandwagon is. It's a bumpy vehicle, that's for sure. Yeah, it's. Yeah. And I remember when we did the first one with. I'm, I'm going back now, but the one we did with Day to Remember, I used to always sit up front with Josh always because oh, he yeah. was driving and then i would sleep in his bunk and then when we stopped he'd be like all right i gotta go, go to sleep get up i'm like all right cool let's go because it was not bumpy there oh yeah the front right bunk. yeah so. right yeah that's that's actually funny i don't know if you know this but we were the first band to ever have a bandwagon it was that tour 
Yeah, in 2010. In fact, we were talking about looking at emails. I still <gasps> have emails that Paul sent me. It's the subject is weird bus, and it's Dude. pictures of the first bandwagon because we used to work with the company Northern Gold. They used to be called smaller bus company, but we were with them. So we were trying to get a bus for that tour. But like I said, we were third of five. So we weren't getting paid super well. So taking out a full bus was like, at the time, that was the only option. It was like a full bus or a van. And we were like, "Mm, I don't know, like we've been out of the van for like five years. If we go back in the van, are we going to make it or are we going to kill each other? As a long tour too. So they kind of said, all right, well, we've got this thing we're working on and it might be ready in time. So we did it. And I remember driving that thing around, like everyone being like, what the fuck is that? What the fuck are you driving? Like, are you driving in some weird box truck? And it's like, well, yeah, kind of. (laughs) It's essentially a box truck. Yeah. But there was a shower on it, which was crucial. Oh yeah. Bandwagon showers are great. But we've done shit. We've done bandwagon tours. Like over, I mean, over the next like seven, eight years, we took tons of bandwagons out. Like, it's a great economical way to bring a bunch of people and have a shower every day. And, you know, they're a little bumpy, but other than that, they're fine. Yeah. I mean, when I had, uh, in, I think the one I, the one I did with you guys, the first one, I had a bottom bunk and it wasn't bad, but the top bunk was just, uh, it was like an earthquake. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But, that was, uh, yeah, so that's crazy that you guys were the bandwagon pioneers. Yeah, I know. All and right, it's... so before we get to the festival border day off show day celebrity story portion, <laughs> okay. I want to bring up one of my favorite stories from us, and this is very little, and it doesn't really, it involves you because you were there and you were probably laughing about it, but Taste of Chaos. Oh, yeah. 2006, and this was happening... Yeah. This tour, I remember specifically, it was happening right when discovering the waterfront, it was out for a bit, but you yep. guys were leveling up. It was, oh yeah. I was like, whoa, we're selling a lot of merch. And the first night, remember? <laughs> I remember. We, it was, and this is not to brag or be a dick, but we outsold everybody. And no, it was our I, first day. I, I know. I, 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 this was, this was a crazy, yeah. So, so this goes back a little bit to kind of the, the simple plan tour because we started the simple plan tour in January of 2006 and we pretty much didn't have a break. We went right from that tour into the one you talked about, the not possible, not possible not tour. Possible. <laughs> and then we, uh, went right into, we were, it was to take action tour where we were, uh, direct support to matchbook romance. But we were noticing, well, everyone was noticing that pretty much everyone was leaving after we were playing. And Matchbook Romance wasn't too happy about it. Um, but it was, I mean, it was what it was, you know? And we we went from that tour. We didn't even finish the tour. We left no. the tour and went and went into the Taste of Chaos tour. So we roll in. It's in arenas. Deftones are headlining. And I remember... I think Vancouver was the first show, maybe something like that. And we, uh, we were selling the merch and stuff. And I remember they weren't like super nice to you either. Mm-hmm. Like you were kind of like, here's your little shitty end of the corner, like deal with it. So, yeah. so what I remember is, <laughs> I don't know if it was the first show, but one of the first shows, they, they came up to you to collect like merch rate. So they were collecting like festival style merch rate from everybody. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, so like, what did you do? And you were like, oh, oh well, we had a, we had a pretty good night. We did like, uh, like nineteen. And they were <laughs> like, they were like, okay, um, just uh, just like fifty bucks is fine. So you <laughs> gave them fifty bucks, and they were like, we were like, all right, that's that's good merch, right? Not realizing that they thought you meant nineteen hundred, but we had sold nineteen thousand. <laughs> yeah and people were waiting in line for merch while we were playing you know like it was just we had this weird weird hype you know because in western canada we had never even though we're canadian and we had some hype from being canadian we'd never played out there i think it was the first time we'd ever played um really? western canada on that tour 
Wow. Oh my God. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, I think so. We did one show in like Edmonton between dates on Warp Tour in like 05. Mm-hmm. And we did, I guess we did do the Warp Tour out in Vancouver and, and uh, Calgary, but we'd never actually played, sh- played shows. Uh, and it had been a while. Like it was before Discovering the Waterfront came out. So this was mm-hmm. like people were really excited and wanted to buy all our stuff. It was insane because I was also learning. That was funny because I learned a lot about Canadian slang on that tour. So <laughs> somebody asked me for a bunny hug and we yeah! were in Saskatchewan. And I was like, what, did you, what the hell did you just say to me? What did you just call me? And like toques, toques. I was like, what are you talking about? It was. Yeah. But, you know, that's kind of what you get from traveling like we did. Like you, oh, totally. you learn all these things. And like, dude, now... I love, I mean, Canada's one of my favorite places. It's just the best. I mean, obviously, Letterkenny is one of my favorite shows of all time. So <laughs> I obviously know the Canadians speak and all the things they're talking about. So right. Well, was- the bunny hug, bunny hug is a, is a Saskatchewan exclusive thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, I didn't know what a bunny hug was either until, until someone ordered one at the merch table. Uh, so funny. But yeah, but no, we we do say <laughs> a and a boot and uh, we do do those things yes yeah but you know it's great okay so th- this is the Toronto show I forgot which venue it was at it was it was at the the giant venue that just kind of looked like a big open warehouse uh, Arrow Hall maybe that was I think that was it I think the that one was by it. the airport yes yes because I remember there was not much to do that day. And I was busy as fuck just getting everything together because we had gotten a merch delivery. Yeah. And I remember uh, by the time, like, after you, I think it was when a tray you play, when a tray you was playing, I, like, I was getting, like, less busy, but we, it was, that was, I think that might have been, I don't know, still to this day, but it might have been one of the best Silverstein nights in history. I don't know. Because we did a lot. <laughs> but I remember at that point, towards the end, the, the way the merch barricade, there was barricades in front of the merch table, my section where we were, so the rest of the barricades were all straight and mine was just like bent off because so many people had been like pushing it back. To like, <laughs> and I was backed against the, fr- I was just like, oh yeah, um, okay, oh, this is it. But so after that night, I was, it was great. You know, we did, we were all in a great mood. I got a little stoned with team weed as I normally do after shows <laughs> And Silverstone. Kind of me- yep. I'm kind of meandering around the backstage because at Taste of Chaos, you kind of we had the run of the venue for after the show a little bit. They would let us hang out there until bus call, and we had a short drive. We weren't going that far that night. So, you guys are all playing poker, and my stoned ass wanders over. I'd found a construction helmet too somewhere in the hallway, a yellow construction <laughs> okay. helmet, and I'm like, all right, cool, this little poker game here. So I sit down and I start playing. Cause I don't really, I still to this day don't really know how to play poker that well. I just kind of know like, oh, this, this might be, oh, these are the same suits. I have, oh, I have two aces. That's good. Right. And that's kind of how I was playing. Not realizing that some of the guys that are playing are serious poker players, not serious, but they take it seriously. At that time, poker was like really hype too. Like that was, poker was a huge trend uh, around that time. Like it was when it was big on TV and all that stuff. So yeah. Yeah. We used to play a lot. So we're playing, and I remember I got, like, on a hot streak just because I kept, like, raising bets. Like, I would go all in on, when I had, like, jack shit. And nobody right. knew what cards I have had, but they all knew I was stoned. It wasn't, like, a secret. Like, I wasn't sitting there, like, I was just like, yeah. <laughs> and I remember, <laughs> I'm going to say his name, and I'm apologize publicly right now. Dustin from Thrice, I remember... I could, I could kind of see him getting a little pissed off. I was like, hmm. I was like, all right. So there was a hand where he, he, I think he probably had really good cards and I probably didn't have good cards. So there was a lot of money in the middle of the table and I was just like, I'm all in. And I remember he said something along the lines of like, he, he can't keep doing this. He can't do this. Like, it's not fair. It's, he's just high. He's sitting there with a construction head on and he just, he's just calling everybody's bets and he's just going all in. And I remember <laughs> like, I started laughing cause I'm a dick and everybody was kind of like, yo, yo, 
dude, Dustin, it's okay. It's okay. Like, chill. Like, he was the one that got heated. But I think after <laughs> that, it kind of calmed down and it became, like, funny. And then I ended up losing. So that was even better. Like, I lost all my money at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's, that's, that's my public apology right now because <laughs> I wouldn't do that nowadays. <laughs> yeah, that's super funny. I'm, I'm looking it up. It was Arrow Hall. April April 13th, 2006. And was Thursday on that too? Or was it just... Or am I mixing that up? No, maybe it was just thrice. Maybe it wasn't Thursday. Ooh, I think Thursday... Oh, maybe not. Okay. Maybe Thursday was there. I remember... they were supposed playing, to be on it, but they dropped off, I think. Who did? Thursday. Oh, oh, maybe and thrice maybe came on. Maybe. That was like thrice... It was weird. At that time, thrice and Thursday, they were these weird interchangeable names... Because they both signed to major labels at the same time, like they both signed to Island, and they both were the like TH names, and they were both getting popular. And I, for some reason in my head, I get those bands confused, which is weird. And then I obviously know all, them, it's but crazy. <laughs> I know, I know. But uh, yeah, that was that was a hell of a tour. Hey everybody, Danny here. If you have a minute, be sure to check out stories.net to learn about how we are supporting members of the touring community with your help. That's stories.net. S-T-O-U-R-I-E-S dot net. Okay, so hit me, hit me with your favorite like full circle story for you personally, maybe. All right, let me, get, you, yeah. let me get a beer for this. Yeah, get a beer. Go for it. All right, do your thing. <laughs> I love this. <clears throat> high life, baby. I love that. Oh yeah, high life. Uh, high life actually sponsors lead singer syndrome. This is not. This is not why I went to get a high life in the middle of the episode. I'm just thirsty, but best beer. Love it. But they sponsor you. Yeah, man. Great, great company. We're going to have to talk about this because uh, we're going to have to, <laughs> not getting them, but I mean, like, I don't, you know, I don't know what I'm doing here. I I just listen well, to Kenny and get the people. That's it. <laughs> took took me four and a half years. So, uh, okay. But, but right. they're, they're on board. Great. Yeah. Great company. Great beer. Amazing. All right. All right. So let's I'm, hear... I'm ready. I was going to get one earlier, but I figure, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready now. Perfect. All right. What is your favorite little full circle story where you kind of had a moment where you're like, all right. I feel like we're doing the right thing. Oh man. <laughs> um I feel like the 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 when it, when it kind of hit me that people cared about our band mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, you know, things started going really well for us was uh Warp Tour in 2005 when we were playing, it was somewhere in like California, like Pomona or something. And I was trying to get to the stage to play. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get there because there were so many people trying to see the band, like my <sighs> band play, you know, on stage. So I was like trying to get through the crowd and everyone's like, you know, like this. And it's like the whole one side of the park was, you know, okay, it's whatever time Silverstein's going on. And I like, literally couldn't get through the crowd to see my own band and i was like this is wild like we're not like we were on an on the, we were on the main stage you know yeah we we had shut down a part of the a part of it and i was like i think at that moment that's that moment was when like it hit me that like okay maybe i need to take this a little more seriously <laughs> than i am like, <laughs> maybe i don't need to go back for, for to get my masters hmm. this could be a thing <laughs> you know this could be a thing so so I always I always remember that that specifically and we played I remember at that show we also we played Smile in Your Sleep which hadn't come out yet. So we we were the record was coming out in August and this was like, you know, July or something. So you know, people didn't even know the song and people went crazy for it and it was like it was like, "Whoa, this is going to be this is going to be a wild ride for the next however long." And here we are still 15 years later, you know. Well, 15 years so, later in a different time in the world, too, where it's, you know, there's so much uncertainty and about, like... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
but I mean, reminiscing about all this is just, it, it makes me so happy, dude. I'm just like, yeah, man. <laughs> like it's like, even though it's not happening now for everybody, it's one of those things where I think reflecting on it is it's, I mean, for me, at least I'm, I can't speak for anybody else, but for me, it gives me hope for like, this is going to come back. It's, this is just how the world works. And like, we're just in a moment in time that's crazy, but it's all about how we recover from this, I think. And, you know. Yep. No, I mean, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. It's still uncertain and I want to, I don't want to speculate, but one thing I do know is that if we get back to any sort of normalcy, people are going to be coming out in droves. They're going to be very excited. Like, I'm coming out of mosh retirement for sure. Whoa, be careful, bud. We, 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 we're old. Remember that we're old. Know thyself, okay? We don't want to get any broken bones. We're not, we can't mosh. We're going to hurt ourselves. Maybe if it's like a refuse show or something, but that's it once. One time and we're done. That's it. Um, okay, so hit me with, did you think about the those five topics and did you pick two? Um, I've got, yeah, I got some stuff. All right. I, I, so uh, one of the things that you said, you, you said, uh, the best, uh, day off story mm -hmm. and, um, the best, you said celebrity encounter or something like that. Right. Yes. Not a, I don't have a ton of celebrity encounters I can really think of at least that are great stories, but, uh, this was a funny day. So we had a day off in, uh, Boise, Idaho. I don't know if you were with us or not. I can't remember. And we always play in Boise. Boise, by the way, such an underrated place. I, I love Boise. Uh, and we were we had a day off, but we were parking by the. It's called the venue's called like the Big Easy, I think, or it used to be called the Big Easy. I think it's called maybe the Fillmore or something now. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They always change names. Yeah, you know, just a, just a venue. So we're parking in. We always park when we play there, and and we had this day off just in this like giant parking lot. So we had a uh, uh, Prevo H3, like the standard bus. That's the one that's like not metal on the sides, but like all painted. Mm -hmm. So it, it was the one that's like kind of burgundy and yellow swirl. Like yep. everyone kind of had that bus for a while. Yep. Tribal. So, so I'm sitting on the bus and it's just me. I think it's me and Kevin, just the two of us, middle of the afternoon, day off, just relaxing. And door opens. Well, someone's coming back to the bus. Some dude walks on the bus. I have no idea who it is. I'm like about to say like, can I help you? When like another guy comes on behind, behind him, looks a little haggard. I'm like looking at him. And I so I stand up to like to be like, yo, what the fuck? Like, are you yeah. doing here? And then I notice that it's Jim Atkins of Jimmy Eat World. Whoa, I was definitely not there for this. <laughs> okay. And I am like, wait, who the fuck? Jimmy? <laughs> and 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 uh, they were like, oh. And they were confused too because we had the same bus. So they were uh, in Boise playing a show that night at the venue we always play that we were parked at. They came back from like lunch or whatever and they got on the bus they thought was ours. Their bus had moved. And they got on, so we were both super confused. Like they're like, "Why are you on our bus?" And I'm like, "Well, why are you on my bus?" So after a few seconds, they realized what had happened, and we were laughing about it. So then I said, "Hey, I didn't know you guys were playing in town tonight. Like we love your, we all love your band. We'd like love to come out." And they were like, "Yeah, yeah sure, like sure." I'm like, "Okay, can you put?" Shane told plus 11 on the guest list. <laughs> and it, it's Boise too. So, you know, they don't have a big, they're not, no. they're, they don't have any friends there. <laughs> of course. Right. So we, we, um, we went to the show. All of us went, fuck Jimmy world's just so good live. We had an absolute blast. Then we met, of course, like met these random people. Mm -hmm. We ended up after the Jimmy Eat World show because it ended relatively early. We went to this like ska show that was in some little local venue bar. Of course, and you the, went to a ska and show. And the band, <laughs> but the band playing uh, was that band from the UK, Bad Manners. They're like super old school, like ska. So we just went, like, fucking drank Miller High Lives and skanked our asses off and 
like it was the f- most fun day off ever and super unexpected in Boise, Idaho. But Boise, Idaho, they it takes the takes the uh, takes the cake for for hands down my favorite my favorite day off. That is, I was definitely not there because oh man, I, oh, that is such a great story. That's yeah, I'm, not, just, I'm that's... not sure what year it was. I, I feel like it was 2011, maybe. I want to say we, yeah, I think it was 2011. I think maybe we were on the Bayside tour oh, which i don't little... think you did i think jay val no. did that one yeah that was your co-headlining run i think right when you did that little it was was yeah, it take 2011. action uh yeah, yeah it, was, it was take action yeah yeah right because i remember yeah. i came to the last day on that tour because it was at like the playstation yep. theater it was like, yeah exactly yeah playstation theater nokia theater best buy theater whatever it was called at any given moment Yep. Yeah, it changed the name. I don't even know if it's still around now, but it's definitely uh, changed no, I, the name a lot. I heard, I heard it's not. I heard they're getting rid of it. Yeah, which is they unfortunate. Should. It's, it's, but hey, it's at, such... at this point, jeez. Yeah. Okay. So, so did I miss any? Is... Did I miss? Did I have another topic? Because I those were the ones I wanted to tell, but I, I, I I'm sure I'll think of something if there's yeah, another one I'm missing. And, oh man, and that's the thing. It's like I remember so many things just that that we've done that I've done with other bands. And it's, it's just so funny, man, to think of like, it's been 18 years, bro. And <laughs> yeah. And like the fact that I'm remembering everything, I think going through all the laminates and all the old like posters and shit, that's what kind of brought me into the quantum tunnel, so to speak, to where, you know, I'm able to remember all this. Yeah. I find when I, when I take the laminate or actually on you, you, you this might be cool for you to see too. If you go to, um, or just Google Silverstein Tour Archive. We have every show we've ever played archived on on our website, uh, so you can literally go through and and you can and if you use like you know Command F, you can you can search like okay, here's all the shows we played at nine thirty club or whatever you know. So it's pretty cool that we have that. But when I'm looking through that and I go from like okay, this was the tour, and I remember like oh yeah. We played this day and this day, and then this happened, and then I remember that day off. Like you, st- things start to come back where you're you'll remember like, oh yeah, right, we played that show, and it was a long drive, and then we got there late, and then I had like lunch, like at somewhere, and you remember these little minuscule details mm-hmm. that some of the minuscule details aren't important, but then they lead you to remember other stories that like maybe you know. Um, you might not have just thought of on your own, and it's it's like it's pretty fun to look back at at like all the specific dates. I'd say I'd say do that too next time. You know, yeah, go through and, and try to retrace your steps a little bit through yeah. the tour routings because it's it, such a good idea. It's uh yeah, it can be it can be a trip. Yeah, we we have to do another one of these, and probably fairly soon because all this is coming back to me now. Now that we're like sitting here talking for an hour, it's like oh yeah 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 right like. All these little things are coming back, and um, you know now that, yeah, it's it's fun to reminisce, man. So, yeah, uh, even thinking about it now, uh, uh, okay, yeah, it's that's good because this is just opening a portal into like all sorts of fucking memories and shit. <laughs> all right, well, dude, this was so much fun, man. Like, I love. Yeah, this. thanks this for having great. me, man. Dude, of course, man. Thanks for doing this. I know it's like the beginning of this shit, and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but. You know, we'll figure hey, it out. Hey, hey, you're off to a great start, and uh, and good luck. Best of luck, dude. Thank you, man. Enjoy your night. Cool. Love you, bro. Peace. Love you too, man. Later. Stories and All Access Podcast is hosted by me, Danny Del Donuts. It is produced by Kenneth Fletcher. Our theme music is Storms by Personnel. Learn more about what we are doing for the touring community at Stories.net. That's stories.net, S-T-O-U-R-I-E-S dot net.